Welcome to the New Heights Show on Education. I'm Pamela Clark, founder and director of the New Heights Educational Group, and I'm here with David Smith, the founder of Silicon Valley High School, who has helped us get these podcasts produced and delivered to you. Yes, Pamela, when we saw the great things that you and your army of volunteers were achieving at New Heights, we wanted to get involved. We're happy to work with you to leverage the internet and make quality education accessible and affordable to everyone, everywhere. Thank you, David. We appreciate Silicon Valley High School helping us to get these podcasts out to the hundreds of thousands of listeners from all over the world. So I hope you enjoy the show. In this week's episode, we will discuss education reform on mission. Hello, everyone. This is Danielle Washington coming to you live from Ms. Buffy Williams' office. <laughs> Just sitting around thinking about life and trying to become better people tonight, so check us out. Welcome back. You're on the air with Buffy Williams, and you have been listening to the New Heights Show on Education. We have been discussing the show's purpose on mission. Good evening. This is your host, Buffy Williams, and you're listening to the New Heights Educational Group, the New Heights Show on Education. Tonight's topic is virtual education during the pandemic. On last week's show, we explored federal government's strategic plan for STEM education in K-12. Tonight, we explore virtual education during COVID-19. So join in the conversation. Call us at 917-948-7542 or drop your comments in the chat or tag us on social media using the hashtag NHEG or post your comments on Twitter at Buffy underscore Awaken or on Spreaker, Instagram, or YouTube. Remember my fellow New Heights host, Erica Hansen, show airs on Thursdays at 2 o'clock p.m. Mountain Standard Time, 1 o'clock p.m. Pacific Standard Time, and 4 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. As we look at virtual education part two during the pandemic, we think about the fact that modern technology connects us and allows communities to share resources in unprecedented ways. And virtual education really leverages how we connect in different geographic locations. And it also provides us with a high quality of experiences that allows students to be able to improve upon their virtual experience in school. Um, But when you think about the quality of online learning and the rigorous uh, curriculums that students have to go through, and also the resources that teachers need to have access to in order to have specialized programs for our, for our students to receive training, um, as well as the teachers to receive training in these particular areas. These specialized programs can be very transformative in the lives of our students. But when we think about virtual learning and how um, it plays a major role in careers and um, technical education and space. Um, 
We understand that we need access to more qualified instructors, um, which has been definitely a focus within the education department and also improving the knowledge base of the current educators that are already being exposed to um, labs that are learning experience based. And we talked about how libraries are turning into learning commons where they actually experiment and have application as far as their curriculum is concerned. Like once they learn a concept, then they actually look at applying that concept and thinking critically about how we're going to utilize that information within the world. But these competencies also, um, have learning, have us approaching learning with a different approach. And so we have both face-to-face and online technology tools for our students. But the challenge is, you know, how can we embrace both of these? And especially during this pandemic, you know, the content gaps that may exist and trying to communicate everything in a virtual format that you do in a face-to-face format. And I know that there is a large debate between between some people as to whether or not it can be as engaging or as impactful. But just as we have a framework for working with students within a face-to-face setting, we also should have a framework for working with them in a virtual setting. And I think, and this is you know, coming from a perspective of just looking at what we've been forced to do um, during this pandemic and bettering the communication and the collaboration among students, parents, um, and administrators and teachers. Um, And just thinking about, you know, there are some students who are are being, you know, isolated with this virtual learning experience in these learning communities who may not be able to demonstrate that they actually um, can utilize the technology in an appropriate way or understand all of the fundamentals. So, of course, you have to go through the basics. But for the most part, once you have students in that online portal and you give them that onboarding, for lack of a better word, um, they grow in this global you know, concept of, you know, having this virtual education and being able to tap into these resources, which are great opportunities for them to look at learning in a in a very different way and in a virtual learning way, which, you know, at some point, um, this can help us foster relationships and other supports for our students and help build their confidence and their interest level and also get them to participate in more um careers that are related to technology, uh, math and science or in the STEM areas. And so when we blend um, virtual education and the classroom experience, we have this wide variety of online resources that can better digital literacy of our students. But I know that um, in trying to create a more diverse virtual education because we did not have that framework set up for it to be a full-blown virtual setting, there are going to be growing pains. And so we have technologies that 
are like text-to-speech that students can use. Um, they have integrated links within particular lessons. They can also do um, virtual where possibly this, the teacher is you know, teaching a class or recording a class um, or a class lesson and then having the students to be able to play back that information um, if there was something that they didn't get, which in which in hindsight, if you think about it, if they're in the classroom and a teacher says something and they're pressed for time, then the teacher just continues on if the student is not um, able to actually raise their hand and ask the question for greater interpretation of a particular subject. If a teacher were to record their lesson, and, and I'm not sure of all the formalities that go along with that, but it would allow the student learner to then be able to rewind um, that lesson and actually replay that concept over and over again until they actually retain the information. And we talked a little bit about that when we talked about flipped classrooms. But when we think about this individualized learning style of going into this virtual world and trying to better everything for our students for the future and providing a both a blended um, online learning opportunities and expanded access for our students to, to these resources, we have to also understand that, you know, some of these systems will have built-in assessments and teachers will still have to monitor these situations as well as if we have students who are in class at the same time then the teachers are going to be stretched for their time and having to be able to juggle that so that's an administrative thing that will definitely have to be worked out and so that the more that we are immersed into this um, experience of learning virtually or via virtually is our reality right now. And then also having access to virtual field trips um, to enhance um, uh, the learning experience is also uh, another way that can be beneficial and cost effective um, uh, if we can find a framework that works and actually is collaborative in a way that this learning material that the students receive in these virtual field trips, um, the students can get a chance to visit different geographic locations and it could be optimal for them, whereas you may be under budgetary constraints to be able to actually implement that uh, on a large scale within an actual um, on-site setting. And so when this pandemic ends, will this change the scope of our schools forever? I say yes. So join me after the break. And so we can talk more about how coronavirus has forced our schools and our teachers to be able to change the way that we educate our students and um, the elements that are involved in this remote learning environment and is it going to stick around after COVID-19 uh, is after we find a vaccine for COVID-19? So tonight's topic is virtual education during the pandemic. And so join us after the break. Right now, you might be struggling through your classes or even failing them. You might be worried that you may not finish high school. There might have even been a thought that you may not be smart enough. 
Well, the New Heights Educational Group begs to differ. We not only think you are smart enough, but with our help, you will complete your high school diploma. The New Heights Educational Group strives to improve your academic success through its tutoring services. To learn more, please visit newheightseducation.org and contact us. New Heights Educational Group, educational resources to help reach your goals. This podcast is brought to you by Silicon Valley High School, the world's fastest growing, video-based, self-paced, teacher-supported, fully accredited online school that's recommended by more than 96% of students. Take individual courses at just $95 each or earn your high school diploma at any age. Check us out at svhs.co. Good evening. This is your host, Buffy Williams, and you're listening to the New Heights Educational Group, the New Heights Show on Education. And tonight's topic is virtual education during the pandemic. And before the break, we were discussing some of the factors that we've had to consider since we've gone into this virtual space. And I should also note that my sources for tonight's show are the New York Times and eSchool News. But before the break, we talked about some of the, I guess you would say, pros and cons of the virtual aspect of being thrust into um, this virtual learning education in more depth during the during the pandemic or during COVID-19. But when you talk to students um, one-on-one, there are a lot of students who will tell you that the things that they miss most, of course, is the engagement with their friends and having um, an opportunity to um, talk with their classmates and spend time with them. And, you know, the natural growing um, and learning that comes along with that spending time with your classmates and, you know, having those experiences, they're missing out on that. And and, in a big way, we all felt that and we felt for our graduates um, from this past year and not being able to participate in commencement ceremonies or graduation ceremonies in, in ways that we have in the past. But also we looked at how creative schools could be in trying to give them the best possible alternative experience for graduation. So, of course, students are going to, you know, miss their friends, but they can also engage with their friends via um, technology. Also, I'm sure they miss their teachers. Um, Sometimes students build um, a definite mentor-mentee relationship with their teachers and Um, that fosters uh, a greater learning experience and it enhances their learning experience. And definitely sports has been affected um, by COVID-19. And then not to mention all of the extracurricular activities that students participate in, whether it's um, film club or drama club or, or or speech and debate, you know, all of these things are being reworked and, and, and reimagined and definitely, you know, going into the, the hallways during break or before school or after school or during lunch and just hearing the buzzing of the normal day-to-day experience 
in a high school, you know, locker door slamming, you know, bells ringing, all of those things um, kind of, you know, go along with how we imagine our school experiences. And I know that students are probably struggling with this distance learning because they're, they're feeling like they're missing out on all of these things. But we have to um, understand that, of course, it's for the greater good that we social distance and until we have a vaccine. And then the other thing is that when we have this distance education, we also have to take into account that there are going to be students who will face challenges with this distance learning environment. And we spoke about students who may have learning disabilities, but we also have students that may just be struggling to understand an assignment and at what point, um, would the teacher have, let's say, office hours where they would be able to um, tackle all of these questions? And would they have an aide or an assistant to assist them with that? And then also students who get easily distracted, um, how can they stay on pace? And then parents are actually struggling with um, that aspect as well, because if they have to be at, at work, then keeping the student on pace um, may be an issue. And then not to mention having a reliable internet and um, just being in the virtual world, of course, there's a larger amount of bandwidth that is needed and usage that is associated with um, online technology, depending on which format you're using. And so students who are experiencing experiencing this remote learning. I think that in some ways, a lot of students may enjoy it, but then we as professionals know that sometimes technology can be stressful uh, and definitely in a school environment when you're having to make sure that all of your students are logged on at a particular time. And so at what point do you stagger your schedule? Because theoretically you within a school day naturally you have natural breaks and you have natural transitions where students get an opportunity to kind of move around a little bit and so the reliability of them you know actually being in front of the um, computer system or whatever technology system tablet or laptop or desktop that they're using um, being in that environment with this social distancing requirement, you know, once we get back to school, is it, how is it going to affect um, the interaction between our students and our student learners? And is this a permanent thing for our schools that we have to uh, operate in this manner? So these are just things that um, I thought would be um of course, very interesting for us to discuss. And we know that looking at online and higher education, we're seeing that those systems are, some people are kind of pulling back on having students in person and being more flexible with the online learning and understanding that um, maybe it may be too soon if we can't regulate people from, you know, making sure that they wear their mask and making sure that we're social distancing during the pandemic in order to keep the numbers down. 
Um, but if you have um, been developing or planning a, an online coursework for students, this is the primary time <laughs> to be able to um, have that curriculum um, kind of come to fruition. So this is kind of a, a time where people can be very creative with their faculty and their faculty training and collaboration between instructional designers who are putting together this cur curriculum and looking at the infrastructure that's, that schools actually have and the capacity that they have in order to implement all of these things, exams, uh, coursework, discussion boards, you know, pollings within, you know, students taking student attendance, I'm sure it could be doing, done um, via poll, but also ensuring that the actual student that is there is the actual student that's actually in your class. And so um, some type of verification system, once the student actually checks in, I'm sure is a point of concern as well. And so the after effects or the aftershocks of us just thinking about, I can remember when this first started, we were thinking, okay, we'll have just a longer spring break. This may pass over. I don't know about you all, but that's what I thought. <laughs> okay, well, we might have a longer spring break. Um, but this has truly tr transformed education uh, on the K through 12 level and definitely the way that we deliver our um, classroom and deliver things um, to our students or curriculum to our students more effectively has been impacted. And also um, just having students uh, have access to textbooks and the essential things that they need in order to um, just interface with the, the, the teacher and be able to provide reports and things like that. And so you want to make sure that students have access to all of that material online ahead of time. So there's a lot of pre-planning that goes into the virtual world. But once you have that set up, once you have that framework set up for virtual education and you have a particular subject, um, the implementation becomes easier and easier the more you engage with the online learning process. And so the more comfortable teachers become with the the software or um, the database that they're using and the more comfortable parents get with the actual structure and the framework of how schools are going to do it, then they understand the importance of making sure that the students are there, making sure that, you know, this first you know, the virtual classes that go forth um, and when the school year starts back. And also understanding that some students will still struggle and trying to fit uh, the most vulnerable of our students um, in a particular category where they can also thrive um, in the online environment. So whether that's, uh, you know, video conferencing or anything like that, the students still are able to engage in that type of um, environment. And so it provides us any obstacles in life will provide us with an opportunity to grow. And so all of us who have used any type of online format, whether it be Zoom or GoToMeeting or Google Hangout or, you know, even students who have 
um, use FaceTime in the past. Now, all of that has a deeper meaning. Um, how can we structurally uh, make this a secure and private um, communication from one person to another or one student to the teacher or, you know, in this online learning environment? How can we make it secure? How can we make it the most effective and the most reliable as we can within our particular district? Because each district has its own challenges um, that they face with planning and designing and developing, you know, quality online programming or online content for their students. And so training of the faculty, I think, would be the biggest thing. And then definitely the instructional designers who are, you know, implementing this and supporting the schools as far as the the infrastructure of what systems they're going to use is um, at the forefront. And then if the school district has the funding to be able to make this a long-term investment. And so when we think about um, virtual education during the pandemic, we have all of those factors that come into play. And again, we look at our students who are have been very resilient and they have been able to, um, at this point, you know, finish out a school year, but with some bumps and bruises <laughs> in there. And uh, I think that we'll all come out better on on the backside of this and thinking about remote learning and how we're adjusting to this new learning environment for our teens and our our K through 12 area and and thinking about how this coronavirus has forced schools and teachers to be to change the scope of how we engage with remote learning or um, online learning um, within our schools and also trying to um, maintain a safe environment for our teachers who have to actually be in the school systems and maintain social distancing in a school environment. And it, yes, again, it can be stressful. So I do encourage my listeners out there to practice good self-care. Again, we're all in this together. We're staying at home together and we're doing the best we can under the circumstances. So again, um, challenges present uh, an opportunity for growth and we have the capacity to grow and we have the capacity to be better as a people. And we have uh, the capacity to be able to give our students and our children what they need. And we just have to work together and support each other and be compassionate and patient with each other as we go through this process and understand that this, again, is unprecedented times. I am your host, Buffy Williams, and I want to thank you for joining me on tonight's show. We hope that you join us next week. That's our time, and you have been listening to the New Heights Show on Education. I'm your host, Buffy Williams. If you like what you've heard, search for us on your smart speaker and listen to us anytime. Thank you for listening. Good night. Until we meet again next Tuesday night, 6 p.m. Central Standard Time, 7 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time, as we discuss next week's topic. Enjoy expanded content from the New Heights Education Group hosts on Blog Talk, iTunes, SoundCloud, Spreaker, 
and watch no rain. We hope you enjoyed today's show. Don't forget to rate us and follow us on your podcast player. Check out our show page, radio.newheightseducation.org, for monthly announcements and other happenings.